dropouts. From lifestyle, fitness, beauty, travel, relationships, and self-care, Steph's got you covered. Welcome to your safe space where you can stop what you're doing, relax, and let someone else do the heavy lifting for once. This is the Luxury Dropout Podcast with your host, Stephanie Joplin. What's up, fellow dropouts? It's Stephanie Joplin here, back with another podcast. We are going to be talking dating and relationships and red flags and friendships and mommy's boys today with our esteemed guest, Lindsay Metzeller. Lindsay has her own very popular dating podcast that's called We Met at Acme. She also has a very popular Instagram account of the same name and also another very popular Instagram account, which I personally love to follow called Don't Expect Salads. And it is full of the most delicious looking food NYC has to offer. And that's actually where Lindsay was born. She's born and raised native New Yorker, She has a no BS attitude towards dating and relationships. Her motto is, if you're confused, they're not interested. So today we got some juicy, juicy tidbits on actually my dating life. (laughs) Surprise! Um, I wasn't actually expecting it. I meant to keep it pretty objective, but it became about me. A lot of it did. So you're about to learn about my dating life. And um, I don't really like to show a lot of that or talk about a lot of that, but you're going to see me on a new level uh, or hear me if you're listening to the podcast. It's, you know, a very vulnerable thing to share your deepest insecurities with an audience, but I'm willing to do that. And I'm willing to slip on the banana peel for you guys, because I love you. And I want you to take care of yourselves and not make the same mistakes that I did. Do you want to know how to deal with dating a possible recovering alcoholic or drug addict? Listen to this podcast. Do you want to know how much is too much when dealing with your significant other's mother? Listen to this podcast. Do you want to know if dating multiple people at one time creates a scarcity mentality in dating? Listen to this podcast. There's that and so much more. When we talk to Lindsay from We Met at Acme, check it out. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, perfect. It's so nice to virtually meet you. I know you as well. I've been looking forward to this since we talked. So thank you so much for taking time to do this with me. Of course. (laughs) I'm so excited. So I think the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, your motto is if you're confused, they're not interested. And I think that's so powerful and it's so true on so many levels um, because confused can mean a lot of things for many different people. It could mean I'm almost sure, but not quite sure, or I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And so, but you, you know, it just makes it a general statement. It's like the whole scope of it basically is like, if you're confused in any sort of way, they're not into you because they're going to be very direct and very tactful with the way that they approach you if they are interested in you. And I think that's so important for women like in their younger twenties to know, because Mm -hmm. as a younger person, I had no idea. Like I, I didn't know that I was like, let me just try and get them to love me more by buying them gifts or 
you know, paying for dinner or whatever. And so totally. um, I didn't know that either. That's why yeah. it be, ended up becoming like such a thing for me because now I know that. And I'm like, you need to know this. You yes, know? absolutely. So it's almost like when you say that you're a nutritionist and you, you, you embody like the you know, passion of intuitive eating. It's like intuitive dating, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost the, the same on the same genre, like where you just intuitively, you know, listen to your body, how your body reacts and how your heart and your mind react, I suppose, to someone instead of, totally. you know, instead of overthinking it. Yeah, exactly. That's how okay. I feel too. Okay, perfect. Um, so I just wanted to let you know, my rising sign is Libra. So Amazing. We're, we're definitely on the same What's page there. Your sun sign and moon sign. Um, so moon is in Taurus, sun is in Pisces. <laughs> so I'm majorly, you Love know, it. romantic and emotional and wear my heart on my sleeve. And, you know, I love being by the water. <laughs> So I love like, that water yeah. sign. Mm -hmm, definitely. Uh, so let's see. So the first thing I wanted to get to, there's a couple of relationship questions. Can we impact, can we as, as women or, or whoever with our significant others, can we empower specifically men, I think, I suppose, or, or people with a lot of masculine energy, let's say, can we empower them to liberate themselves from their ego in a way that doesn't push them away? Or do we just have to accept them as they are? Well, I wouldn't let that go on for that long. Mm -hmm. Um, especially at my specific age, like at 30, um, that's something that I would notice like right away. Yeah. And I would be like, I notice that you do this behavior and it's not going to work if you're not able to open up. And, um, I would probably take that person to therapy. And, oh. but if we somehow, for some reason, were two years, three years in and, um, that behavior was still happening, I would probably give this person an ultimatum. And I would say, mm -hmm you know, you need to do some inner work on yourself in order to open up. Because like the last thing I would want to do is be with someone that I had to like babysit and I had to do all the work, but they weren't doing any of it. So I feel the same yeah. way. I just I think that I have just met a lot of men that have this ego and, and when I say ego, I mean, they've been brought up with it, like they've been taught you don't go to therapy that makes you weak. Um, mm -hmm. Especially like Italian men have that. And yeah. I mean, living in New York, I'm sure you're, you've seen a bunch of Italian men act kind of like this macho way. And they're just taught, you know, oh, if you go to therapy, sure. you're crazy. For sure. And I think that that is changing, mm -hmm. but people still do believe that. And it is unfortunate. I think it really starts with you, let's say being the other person in the relationship um, promoting how much it's helped you in your life and like right. showing that like to make them att then attracted to it. And also like the notion that there are so many incredibly successful men who go to therapy Absolutely. and they give therapy credit for like getting them where they are. Okay. Okay. So just approach it and just like, if, if say you are approaching someone who isn't into therapy and and believes that it's that it doesn't work and it's it's bullshit how would you like say you're going to your partner how would you approach them you know would you just explain like you said you'd explain to them it's benefited me so the first 
way um, is like some kind of maybe maybe it's like flattery, right? Like lots of guys who are in like high performance industries find it's helpful to talk to someone outside of their universe about the pressure they're under on a daily basis. Like Elon Musk goes to therapy. If it's good enough for him, it's got to be good enough for you, you know, something like that. Or just explaining to them like, oh, you're going to be talking to an unbiased third party. It's not like about mental health and like, oh, something's wrong with you, but it's just like getting a second opinion that's really different okay or something like you know why don't you go one time and like if you don't like it then you never have to go again type of thing and usually like once they go they never want to stop going so going into the next subject um you know you did say you wouldn't let that happen you wouldn't have let that go on for so long to get to the stage where you're two to three years in how how soon is too soon to establish those very clear boundaries when you're dating, quote unquote, dating someone, um, you know, is it two dates? Is it two months? Is there a specific time frame? Is it, you know, do you feel it out in your opinion? I think the sooner, the better, like the last thing you want to do is be too deep into a relationship with somebody and not have said, like set your boundaries or said, you know, this is what I expect from you. And this is what you can expect from me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if that conversation isn't had within the first three months, then it's probably not good. Okay. That's very good to know. I mean, I definitely have, my relationships have faltered in the end because I didn't set clear boundaries up front. So Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. Uh, Will the right one always be receptive to those boundaries? I think so. I mean, not like perfectly receptive nobody is perfect I think maybe it'll take them a second to especially if it's like their first relationship or their first relationship in a while Mm -hmm. to understand or maybe their first healthy relationship right right to like it'll take them a while to take it in but then they should understand it and if they don't then then they might not be your person right totally agree with that as well. (laughs) So what about when you find yourself aligning with someone and having a great connection with someone? What advice can you offer to those who doubt those connections who have been a little jaded, perhaps? Because you know, those initial red flags that you miss, like putting putting on a pedestal immediately, the, the soulmate connection or love bombing, maybe a little bit too early, and not necessarily the L word specifically, but just too much upfront. What, how do you separate it? How do you separate doubt and, and your intuition from possibly missing a real connection? I think like your gut is, especially as women, like our intuition and our gut is always spot on. Mm-hmm. So like we never, we are never being told the wrong thing from our gut or from our intuition. And it's really about like paying attention and tuning into what it's saying. And I think that every now and then someone will slip through the cracks and usually that's like a type, a narcissist type of person. Mm -hmm. And that happens to the best of us. Like I've been in that situation. I'm sure you've been in that situation. Um, But it doesn't mean that our intuition is wrong. It just means that that's not a normal person. Like that's like most likely a sociopath. Right. And um, so we have to go back to then like trusting ourselves again. Yeah. And that's difficult because I, I saw this meme online and it says that you'll keep meeting the same person in a different form or a different shape until you learn the lesson. And it's so true. 
Yeah. And that resonated with me because I feel like I date all kinds of people, right? Like one that would be traditionally attractive to me to ones that wouldn't be, you know, immediately attracted, attractive to me or, you know, nerdy guys or cool guys or sports guys or all different types of personalities, Mm -hmm. ethnic cultures. And I'm like, why does this, why do the same things keep happening? It's like always the same cycle. And then I blame myself. I have this like cycle of like shame where it's my fault or, you know, someone close to me will say, well, Stephanie, what's the pattern here? It's you. And I'm, and, but I try not to put it on me. I, I, I don't like to put things on me because I feel someone treating me badly is not on me. So I guess totally, totally. Yeah. How do you like, how do you get your, like, how do you talk to yourself kindly after a breakup with a narcissist? I would say that there's a, so there's a difference between like taking, like knowing that somebody treating you kindly is not on you and making the same decision, the same choices like over and over again. And, Mm -hmm. and and so that's that's a fine line. I think like if, yeah. if it's definitely a narcissist situation and you get out of it alive, then like you should definitely be kind to yourself and you yeah. should, you know, give yourself time to heal. But if it's a situation where you are just choosing an asshole guy over and over again and letting them walk all over you and taking them back you know, that's something to look into, like in therapy, and you have to do things that you don't normally do, you have to pursue people that you you wouldn't normally pursue, like you have to be open to a different type of person, right? Um, You know, maybe it's, you're chasing someone who's like, you think is like, maybe you don't want someone who you think is too nice, but maybe you need someone who is yeah. quote unquote too nice because that person just like really cares for you. Right. And then, and essentially that's exactly what I had done. I went from a relationship with someone who cared very little about seeing me or spending time with me to a person who wanted to spend a lot of time with me, but they both ended up dramatically and wrongly. And they both ended up treating me in not a nice way. So it's like, I, they're both in different packages and two two completely different things happened, but they both ended tragically, quote unquote. So it's something I ha- I'm, I'm always introspective. I'm always learning about myself. There have been times, and I did want to ask you, there have been times in the past, you know, in my 20s, where I kept going back to the toxic you know, abusive, abusive in some way relationships, like whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally abusive relationships that everyone knew our drama, like Facebook knew our drama back when it was, you know, Mm -hmm. in a relationship, out of a relationship, it would notify everybody. So do you think that you disrespect yourself? Um, You know, for our younger listeners, do you think that you disrespect yourself when you go back to a relationship that humiliated you? Definitely. I really do. I think that you know what you deserve at at a certain point and taking somebody back is just never a good idea. There's always a reason that you guys broke up. If they broke up with you, especially, you shouldn't take them back. But I just, I'm not a big believer in in giving exes another chance. I, I don't think it ever ends well. I think so too. (laughs) And do you believe, and I'm sure you've answered this for many, many, many people, but do you believe that once that 
sake, that sacred trust has been broken, say cheating or an extreme lie, do you believe that it can be rebuilt? Depends. I don't think it can if it's before marriage and kids, because like they could have just broken up with you easily. Mm-hmm. I think if they, you know, if someone happens to cheat on you, um, when you have kids together, things are a little bit more complicated. Yes, definitely. That is true. But say it's like a, a big lie that they've kept from you. Um, say they have a kid that lives in another country and they didn't, I'm literally making this up. If they have a kid in a different country and they just never told you, and then six months into the relationship, you guys are saying, I love you. And he's like, listen, I've got to tell you something. I actually have this kid that's living in Europe. What would you say? I would try to investigate like why they didn't share that and like where that came from if it seems like legit then I would consider forgiving them but it's definitely important to like understand why I I personally like I have a no tolerance policy for lying yeah so that would like really turn me off to that I admire that about you I admire your no bullshit attitude it's like so refreshing. <laughs> um, so with that in mind as well, dating a recovering addict of any kind, I, I don't drink not because I'm sober, but just I don't, I don't like to drink. I don't care mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. If someone's like, taste this amazing wine, it was made from golden grapes in the mid century, I'd be like, sure, I'll taste yeah. it. But I'm not, I'm not a drinker. Um, so I actually have an experience with, uh, in my 20s, I did date an alcoholic, a full-blown alcoholic, and I had no idea because I'd never been around one. I didn't know what the signs were. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why does, why does he not return my calls? Why does he say he's coming, coming to pick me up and then never shows? Is it me? And I just had no freaking clue. So he is just taking him, for example, he is now two years sober. Mm-hmm. And he's a very gentle and kind person, but how do you go trepidatiously into that kind of, a, and I'm not saying I'm looking to date this guy, but just hypothetically say I wanted to go back and reevaluate if I wanted to date him. Is that tricky? Is it worth the risk? Especially as, as, as I, someone who does not drink, you know, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Well, is this person pursuing you? Yes. So that this person is, is, has already done the 12 steps. He's apologized to you beforehand, like maybe a year ago. And then mm-hmm. now another year later, he's come back and said, Hey, I'd like to spend time with you. I would be wary. I had a friend in that exact situation and she took them, she took him back and then he broke her heart again. I would say, yeah, I would, I would probably start with a friendship with this person. Yeah. Because then like you're covered and and you're getting to know them and making sure they're like a good person in a good place right now, as opposed to just like going in head first. Absolutely. Um, What would you say to someone like me who is a deeply romantic person that has trouble with going into a friendship and keeping it a friendship and not not being upset that they don't text back the same day or you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you have all these expectations in a friendship. Like if yeah. my if my buddy doesn't text me back for a week, I don't care. Right. Right. But if it's someone that I, that I like, I get very offended, even if we're just friends. So right. what advice would you give to someone like that? I would say in that case, you need to keep your eggs in multiple baskets and be going out on dates with other people while mm-hmm. you're getting to know this person again. Then if they didn't 
text you back, someone else did. So you're not putting all your eggs in their basket and hoping that it turns into something. So you think it's okay. I mean, apart from just the friend situation, dating around with, and I'm not saying sleeping with, but just dating, Mm -hmm. talking to multiple people, you think that that is something that is okay for a person, say like me, who's deeply romantic and attachment, you know, the attack, my attachment style is pretty, like I attach to someone pretty quickly because I am an empath. So I have to be very guarded about that. I'm very aware of that, but Mm -hmm. it, it is difficult for me. I have to hold back. Um, so what do you say to someone who is trying to date around, but it's difficult for them? (laughs) I would say like, you kind of have to force yourself out of your comfort zone. Like the, the one person at a time thing, like it's only really hurting you because then you put all of your energy into this person. And then if it works out, you just get that much more hurt. Yes. So I would say like, go out of your way to try to do something different than you usually do. And that's very difficult, especially in this age of basically dating apps. And it's, it's it, when you don't drink and you're not going out to bars and it's like, where, where else do you meet people go to the grocery store, I suppose, and try to really get out of your comfort zone and just talk to people and say hello. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, and like being a yes person going to events and parties where like you don't people, but like, you're just going with a friend of a friend. Yeah. I feel like those are like the best case scenarios because then like you end up meeting a lot of people that you didn't know that you were going to meet. I think that's right. And I think I have to push, I mean, for sure. I, I feel like we're in therapy, but I feel like I have to push myself yeah. because I truly am. I, I am an extrovert. I can talk to anybody, but I love being in my own space and my own peace in my little bubble as well. So it's, it's difficult for me to, to push myself out the door sometimes. <laughs> totally. um, yeah. And even doing zoom, I'm like, hello. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so what about holding out hope for one person? Like there's always this, I, I did this poll on my Instagram and I was really surprised at the responses because a lot, the poll was, is there one person out there that you are holding out hope for that you have in the back of your mind as your person that if things were different, it would work out. And a lot of people in very committed and serious relationships put yes. And I was mm. shocked. I was really shocked about that because that I is shocking, right? And was it more women or men just out of curiosity? Women, mm-hmm. women more women than men. And actually some women said, you know, this is sus, like, this is really suspect. Like, I don't think this is right in my next slide. And then a lot of people were like, no, this can totally happen. Right. I kind of just want to know, I want to know your opinion on holding out hope for that one person. Does that take away your attention from the person that you're with or your potential mate? I don't know if it takes away attention, but what it definitely does is it means that you're probably settling. Mm. Um, and you know that your partner is not the best that you can get, but you are worried about, you know, trying to take a risk and get something better. That's what I get from that because like, I don't have a one that got away. Like, even if like somebody appeared and like from my past and was like trying to pursue me like I'd be like no I'm good like with my partner now yeah and so I feel like if somebody doesn't feel that way then there's probably something to explore within their relationship 
That's so interesting. I mean, those responses really blew me away. I was like, that person's in a three-year relationship. That person's in a five-year relationship. Yeah. So, you know, you know those polls surprise you sometimes. Um, oh, I, all I, the time. Yeah. And I love your polls. Like they're, they really get me thinking, like I have to actually sit there and think when I do your polls and that's, that's, that makes me so happy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're like, Oh, you have to think. I know. It's not like one of those polls that people just do for clickbait type of stuff. It's like right. actually thoughtful, um, which I really like. And I like that you type them out. That's helpful. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, what about, uh, you know, going back to that question real quick, what about the nostalgia part of it? Say it's like a, a guy from high school and you're like equating it with, you know, you hear a song and you hear, you know, Hillary Duff's song from Laguna yeah. Beach or whatever. And you think about riding along in, in the car and, and screaming and, you know, the lyrics to, you know, a song together. And like, do you think nostalgia might have a part to play? Like the what if factor? Definitely. Um, I yeah. think that when we reflect on our relationships, like it's hard to remember anything bad. We only remember the good about those relationships yes and we like we do have a special place in our heart for like our first love and you know our first person we lost our virginity to and, and yes. whatever like all of those kinds of things like that's just who we are as people but I think it's a place for a reason and mm -hmm. like it should stay there in your heart or wherever it lives and yes. Like you make new memories. And so I feel like every time, like I personally have tried to revisit someone from my past, it's been like a letdown. And I was like, oh, I wish I just like left moved. it in the past. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like left it where it was. There was an ex I had in my early 20s. And I remember in my next few relationships, I was upset about the fact that he was the only one that if I said, hey, babe, can you go get my black bra? He like knew exactly what bra I was talking about. And uh -huh. I was just in the next few, I was like, they don't know what my black bra is. That's really funny. But <laughs> I think we so do that. Silly. Like, we all do that. We all compare from the past. And yeah. Everything. Yes, for sure. So I want to talk about moms really quick because this is yes. this has been a huge thorn in my side. Um, <laughs> I'm very close with my mother. I love, I, you know, I love when when men are close with their mothers, and that's that's great. Mm -hmm. And in fact, another poll that I did said that people. I did a poll on ick list. You know how um, Tinks was talking about like her ick list items, and I created my own ick list and a lot of people wrote in that something on their ick list was when a, a, a man isn't close to his mother yes so it was an ick list for them to mm -hmm. to have a guy that wasn't close to their mom at all that didn't have any relationship with their mother and that i i get however my last I guess, long-term relationship. It was six months. The mom was so involved mm -hmm. that I truly feel if she hadn't been there, I would have only dated him for maybe one or two because she was the one who got the show on the road. Like she, she had, she's had her eye on me for about 10 years. And as soon as he broke up with his ex-fiance, she set me up without me knowing anything about the drama that was going on with the ex mm. he set me up with him he didn't tell me anything about the drama that was going on and i'm talking about like intense drama like drive-bys windows being punched in tire slashings like God. that kind of dramatic like Whoa. toxic yeah and of course yeah. i don't i don't know anything about it i'm clueless right so she kind of like drove us you know drove dro <laughs> 
she drove the the proverbial bus off the cliff <laughs> because she would just try to calm me down so anytime something was off or weird or wrong she would explain it away and just gaslight me so I would try to tell her you know this person did this today I just don't you know I really appreciate like all of your time and effort and being so sweet to me but I just don't think it's gonna work out but I just want to let you know there's no hard feelings and then she would always try to like bring me back in and she just did this over and over again for months and I don't think oh, she gaslit. Worst. Yeah, it really was. And I don't think she she gaslit me. Like, I don't think she's a vicious or mean person at all. I think she's actually a kind, you know, kind hearted person when it comes to maybe everyday life. Um, just not with, with me. I'm just trying to give her the benefit of the doubt really, but it, it was too much. Like the mom was too involved. And I found that he treated me the way he treated his mom, which was he needed me to order his groceries, send him Uber Eats, um, clean up after his daughter's pets, keep the ex at bay, um, hide my car down the street, like things like that, that I would, that were crossing my boundaries left and right. But she was always like, this is best for you. She's going to harm you. If she finds out about you, this is why he's protecting you in this way. You know? So it was just like this, it's ugly when you think about it, when I talk about it. Um, it's really toxic. Um, and then segue the next person I dated, I wouldn't say, you know, I wasn't in love with him. I, it was just like a more of like a fling, I, I guess you could say. He was very close with his mother too. And I thought it wasn't in the same way because she wasn't trying to get involved. She wasn't trying to talk to me sidebar. She was just real sweet. Mm-hmm. And then we were at the pool one day and he started kissing his mother's feet. Like Ew, legitimate, legitimately That's- like like lips to her feet. And she didn't react. Like she was just like, normal and I was like so this has happened before obviously because like she didn't react to it so here I am thinking to myself weird two different guys in a row that have mommy issues but they're completely different people because that guy was like very service oriented like whatever you want I'll get it for you let me help you let me Mm -hmm. know like I'd hurt my foot he's like let me bandage your foot so totally different from the other guy who was like doing his own thing all the time and this guy was very service oriented but also like really like had a almost like emotional incestual relationship with his mother so I just want to talk to you about moms and what is too little and what's too much and what are you what's your opinion on moms yeah my mom and like my partner's mom like are both like both jewish moms and so mm-hmm. they're like a little overbearing to begin with but like yeah. in the best way like i love them both yes. um i think i agree with you like how they treat their mom is how they'll treat you and so you want someone who's very sweet to their mom like my partner is so good to his mom and you know, people in the past that I've dated have like been not so nice to their moms. And then they were, you know, they had an attitude with me and they had an attitude with their mom and um, that I will definitely agree with, but there is like a limit. Like <laughs> if someone was kissing their mom's feet, that would be a deal breaker for me. Like that's it was. so creepy. <laughs> it was um, a deal breaker. <laughs> I like, I want them to be nice to their mom, but I don't want them to go to their mom for things before me. I yeah. think like it shows a level of maturity if like, you can be your own person, you know, without your mom and like defaulting to your mom. 
how do you feel about involving mom in fights? Like say you guys have a fight, hypothetical, you and your boyfriend have a fight and he goes to his mom and tells her all about it. How do you feel about that? Not okay. Yeah. Same. That's a boundary. Yep. Me too. And, and so the, the, the foot guy, um, him the foot guy he he did that so we actually that was the, a deal breaker for me and so that, literally that night we got into an argument and during the argument he proceeded to call his mom <laughs> and I was like that's so crazy I was like okay done um done like literally done and I made him walk out of the room and that was it so you know that that was the boundary that I set because like I was just <laughs> so over it at that point in time but it was really hard with that other situation because she was just she wanted me so bad she was like the other you know the other um the mom who was trying to get me together with her son right she just like she was like so what do you think about a wedding like are you gonna have are you gonna have kids like well you better get started because you know you're getting older and I'm like uh lady like (laughs) That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then of course, like as soon as I didn't serve her anymore, I got dropped like a hot potato, which is fine. It's her son. But now literally one week later, he was with that ex that he swore up and down. He would never be with. And they were like back together at their favorite restaurant. And this poor girl is just to pick me. And she's, you know, she's like just doing whatever she can to, you know, appease him by doing okay yes I'll go get your laundry I'll go do your dry cleaning let me clean this for you let me do this for your birthday let me plan this like you know and she just he just doesn't want to deal with any of that so he just wants to have a girl around to do stuff for him which essentially was taught to him by his mother in my opinion right so I'm yeah, glad to be out not healthy <laughs> no no but the problem is they still have me in this circus because she is the the ex-fiance now new girl now same girlfriend is still coming at me on Instagram you know 50 fake Instagram accounts like phone numbers like every like still involving me and I feel like it's because my like ghost presence is still around there because he lied to her about me so much and I don't know how to get away from it like I don't know how to sit with I mean I literally have served her with a cease and desist if that tells you anything Oh my God. And still, still it's done nothing. So what, I mean, what would you do? Like, I, cause I feel like if I directly talk to her, it's only going to incense her to keep coming at me, which I mean, would you just keep ignoring until she went away? What would you do? I mean, yeah, I would just block her on everything. Like that's so crazy. That's wild. I I can't believe you're dealing with that. I know I have a Google drive. I mean, like, you know, 35 years old, like I have a Google drive full of messages and videos. She sent me of please like messages in the middle of the night at 5am help me, Stephanie. He's a monster. And then the next day she's sending me pictures of them kissing. It's like very bizarre. Like I don't want him. I know. I know. I can't believe that a person like that exists. I know. And I just don't know how to get rid of it. (laughs) So that's like blocking crazy. isn't I'm blocking so sorry work. thank you um but I just you know like you just seem such a calming soothing person and when I speak to you I feel calm so okay. I just I just was wondering you know if you were in my shoes you would just keep blocking keep blocking don't answer don't answer just keep doing what I'm doing so what you yeah do? I mean I would just 
keep like ignore ignoring forever and yeah. ever you know you're yeah. not that's her burden now not yeah. yours yeah that's so true <laughs> like that's all you buddy and then going one more question not to do with dating necessarily but with friendship what are some signs that you have outgrown a friendship um and how do you how do you go about ending a friendship do you ghost that person or do you tell them straight up hey we're on different paths well, that's an interesting subject because I feel like I may have gotten ghosted in a friendship before. Mm -hmm. And part of me is like, I wish I kind of had an explanation of like what happened. Like, you know, that's unfortunate. But at the same time, like I understand being on the other side. And like, I've had friendships where like, I kind of wanted them to fade out. But I didn't want to have to explain like, hey, this is something that you do that really annoys me, you know? So right. I think ultimately, like in a perfect world, we would explain to every friend like why the friendship is ending. But I just think that that's, that's too complicated and too hard. And so mm -hmm. I think with friends, like the fade away is really the only option. Yeah, what do you think? I think so too. Uh, because ideally, I would like to say to you, yes, I have the balls to go up to you and tell you why I think that you have a fatal flaw and what it is. And that's why I can't be friends with you anymore. Unless it's, you know, unless it's something that's staring you right in the face that they did that so outlandish, like they hooked up with your you know, just suit, like just, you, you just divorced some guy and they hooked right. up with them. Like that's obviously easy, but you know, just a fatal flaw that they have, like they are late to every single thing that you have, even your wedding, even your mm. baby shower, every important function that you have that you just can't abide anymore, or they lie incessantly, you know, over the top lies. I I've had that before where I've had a friend who literally said that, um, and he's passed away now, unfortunately, he was, mm. he, he had a lot of problems. Um, but he, he was lying and he was saying that he was dating a celebrity and then he would take pictures from the celebrity's Instagram and he would send them to me and he's like, Oh, we're on a private jet going to Italy. And it's like, not, he's not doing it to hurt me, but it's just like, bro, like, yeah, are you that's insane. yeah. So I, I ended up ghosting him and obviously he, I mean, he passed away after that. So you can imagine how I felt. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's, but it, that's life. And, but I do agree with you that as, as women too, I feel like when a woman tells me something is wrong with me, I tend to take that to heart way more. When a woman says that something's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, for example, I, um, I belong to this Italian woman's charitable organization in Houston. And mm -hmm. I was on a group chat and all the ladies in the club are basically 70 and up. I'm the only one in my thirties in the club and I'm third generation. Um, so my grandmother was in it, my mom, and now me. Yeah. And I, I think she forgot, this woman forgot I was in the chat <laughs> and they want help with their social media. And I said, I'm working on production on my podcast. I'm working 14 to 15 hours a day, but if I have time, I will help. Yeah. And she forgot. I she must have forgot I was in the group chat and she goes, I can't stand her. All she does is go to the gym and take selfies of her body. And I was really hurt by that. I know I shouldn't have taken it to heart, but the fact that a woman said that about me and the fact that she knows nothing about me and the work that I put in, it, it hurt. <laughs> it 
heard a lot. So That's so mean. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, no. What did you end up doing? Well, I my mom actually. <laughs> I was shaking. I was so mm-hmm. livid because I, I got their social media up and running back when, you know, I wasn't doing the podcast. So I had more time. So I got everything hooked up, their Instagram done up, their Facebook. I got them a link tree. I got them a QR code, like all of that set up for them, you know? And then my mom and my dad were like, listen, like you need to go where the money is right now. Like you can help them when you're, when it's free and easy, you've got everything going, you've got 15 episodes in the pipeline and you, then you can help out. But until then you need to set set your boundary. So me setting a boundary was her taking that as an insult. So she's, she told me your response was insulting. And I said to myself, because I didn't respond. So me setting a boundary is insulting to you. So my mom basically just said, you should quit. Like I'm considering quitting and she's been in the club for 16 years. So her, for her to say she's considering quitting is a huge deal. Um, But I just said to myself, I don't want to be, I need to protect my peace. You know, like also as an empath, I really take everything very personally. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's one of my flaws. Um, But, and also I have a soft heart, which is a flaw and a positive, I think. But she, you know, she just, she did apologize. I had blocked her number, but I don't know if you know, like on MacBooks, like sometimes the me- the messages will still go through to your iMessage on your MacBook. Right. So I saw her apology, and it was just like, oh, you know, I didn't act in a godly way, and like just basically blamed it, like just made it about her religion and God and stuff, and just That's didn't so take ridiculous. didn't take credit, like didn't really take credit, yeah. um, and didn't own it. And I just I never replied, and I'm I don't think I'm going to be a part of the club anymore, just because if I'm going to be a part of something. It, especially a woman's group, I want it to be lifting up other women because that's what I'm about. Totally. That's what my podcast is about is literally making other women feel better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So as, as you were saying before, sometimes it's just better to ghost. <laughs> exactly. Definitely in that situation. So last question. This is what I ask everybody on the podcast. If you were walking down the street and you mm-hmm. saw your 20 year old self there, oh, right. And you recognized that. that. Yeah. And you just gave her a big hug and oh. you just looked at her. It almost makes you want to cry sometimes, but yeah. you look at her and you just, what do you say to that woman? I would say, keep your head up. Everything's going to be okay. Don't do anything differently this is your journey and everything will work out. I love that. So you wouldn't tell her anything that's going to happen. You just have it. Yeah. I want everything to happen the same. Otherwise it wouldn't have happened the way that it did. I really think. That's so wonderful. I just enjoyed my time with you so much. And I, I'm sure I repeated questions people have asked you before, but my it's, this is a whole new listening audience. So I'm just really hopeful that, you know, you continue to grow and grow because your message is just so important and so strong. And I truly can say to you that it's changed my life. So thank thank you, you. Stephanie. I really appreciate you. And I'm so excited to share (laughs) this so people can go and listen to your podcast. Well, I hope you have a really good rest of your day. Thank you. You yeah. too. and I'll talk to you soon I'm sure and I'll definitely Sounds let you know good. yeah I'll definitely let you know if there's any progress like whenever this comes out and I'll give you all the perfect stuff yeah keep me posted with everything thank you thanks Stephanie <laughs> bye Lindsay bye 
Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, it was probably one of my favorites to do so far. Uh, it was very daunting because Lindsay is just deadpan. You know, she's just <laughs> delivers and there's no BS around it. Like I'm a very, I try to fill in the gaps. I try to, you know, talk around um, touchy subjects and kind of weave it into a story. And, and she's just so direct. And I love that about her. And I, I love that we played off of each other that way. And I hope that came across to you as the viewer and the listener. Lindsay, by the way, is a Libra and my rising sign is Libra. So we have a lot in common in our souls in the way that we think about things, but the way that we express them is very different. Uh, so I would love to thank Lindsay for taking the time to come on. She is a very extremely... <laughs> busy woman. She's an extremely busy woman. And um, I really rely on her heavily for dating and relationship advice. So check her out. I will link all of her information um, and how to support her. She just came out with her own line of merch for We Met at Acme. So please go and check it out and support her. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe and hit that notification bell if you're here on YouTube. And if not, please leave a review for the podcast. And we just love having you here. I, I just love having you here, really. So thank you again for watching and listening and supporting me. And we will catch you again on the next episode of The Luxury Dropout. That's a wrap for this episode of The Luxury Dropout. Make sure to visit stephaniejoplin.com to find all of Steph's episodes, including full podcast descriptions and photos of her guests. Until next time, besties.